This house, it taught me so much. It pushed me, it challenged me, it held me in a really beautiful way. It is a place of creation. It's my space. Welcome to the Ideas of Order podcast, a show designed by California Closets dedicated to answering the question, what does home mean to you? In this series, we will be discussing the homes, spaces, and communities that help shape our guests' past, present, and how they hope it will shape their future. I'm Jeremiah Brent, and with the help of some of my closest friends, we are so ready to open our doors to you. As my guest today knows all too well, leaving behind a home is an emotional act. All of the good, all of the bad, and all of the beautiful messes echo through the walls of a well-loved space. On the precipice of this unwritten chapter of your life lives a beautiful unknown, and the only way to it is through it. And in that anticipatory first step, you hold the power of the future. I think it's a pretty exciting place to be. So on today's episode, we have with us someone who's a bit of a shaper, a shaper of style, a shaper of spaces, a shaper of career. From her acclaimed lifestyle media platform, I Swoon, to her award-winning publications, Cook Beautiful and Live Beautiful, to her podcast, More Than One Thing, our guest today is really a cornerstone in the culture of living beautifully through design. Please join me in welcoming author, culinary storyteller, designer, podcaster, mother, and perfect hostess, and happens to be my dear friend, Athena Calderon. <laughs> Anything for my guy. Jeremiah is my heart and soul. Let's begin with the past. You know, you're such a visual storyteller for me in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, in the vein of visual storytelling, I want to talk about how every space has something to say an energy, a palette, a painting, a relationship, you know, every space has a story. Was there any particular space or spaces that have helped really define your vision in your younger life? Young Athena, was there a space that really holds you in your brain? You know, growing up, we didn't have a lot. We were, you know, middle to lower class family, but my mom had such a reverence for beauty and loved to rearrange spaces and get really kind of crafty in how she expressed herself. She didn't really like to hear no, and she didn't really like to let budgetary restraints stop her from making something beautiful. And I really do believe that, you know, that is the sole reason why I appreciate the feeling of beauty, not just the visual of beauty, but the feeling of beauty. And my bedroom growing up, my mom had taken fabric and the whole room was kind of wrapped, like the bedding, the curtains, the walls, everything just was enveloped in this floral pattern. But it was like a very elegant, chic floral pattern. I just remember that space for me being where I got to create, where I got to play with my Barbie dolls and where I got to literally restyle my shelves. It was also, a mess a lot of the time. Like I was not a very organized 
I'm still not an organized person. Like there's <laughs> so much creative chaos in how I express myself and that still holds true to this day. But I remember that being my place of respite and that being my place of creation and that being a place that I hold very sacred. And how I felt in that space is free and it, I felt like I owned it. And still to this day, I love exterior beauty, but I love the feeling of being in a space. I love that you can walk into a room and suddenly you're curious or suddenly you're emotional. You don't always know, but I think that there is an energy of a space and an energy in the objects that you you give. You give that energy to the pieces that are in your home. And um, I just remember it all beginning in that one bedroom that I grew up in. What was young Athena in that room like in comparison to Athena now? Ooh, um, she was a dreamer. She liked to play make-believe and play dress-up, and she liked to make worlds. So nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> nothing's changed. In a great way. <laughs> you, I mean, you think about it. You're doing the same thing. And I, and I think you, know, you should speak to kind of the evolution, especially with Ice Spoon and what it started as and kind of where you're at now. Because I always have found it so fascinating to just sit on the sidelines and watch you. So where did it start? Well, thank you, first and foremost. Of course. So I guess it started before Ice Spoon and before I met you. I was always a creative thinker and I was always a dreamer, but I never had certitude of how my life would unfold. I was never that person that knew I wanted to be a designer or knew I wanted to be in anything. But as I got older and as I went to university, it definitely was like weighing on me that I didn't have a path. I had met my husband, Victor. We fell in love. I got married at 24. I had a baby at 26. I still didn't know necessarily who I was and what I was meant to offer the world. You know, also at this time, I was traveling a lot because I didn't grow up, like I said, with money. We didn't travel internationally. I wasn't very cultured. So with Victor and this, you know, newborn baby, I just traveled the world with him when he was on tour for work. I mean, we went everywhere from Morocco and Israel and Italy and Australia, Japan, we really traveled the world. And all of a sudden, I was finally going to museums and, you know, in Spain and understanding what Gaudi was. And like, all of a sudden, I was flooded with all of this newness, all of this architecture, history, patina, flavor, you know, all of this. I took it all home with me. Vic was away a lot, even when I wasn't with him. So I would find myself, I didn't have a nanny. I didn't think I deserved help because I didn't have a career. I lived in Dumbo in Brooklyn and it was 2003. There was no, I had no community. I had nobody that was my age that had a baby. And I thought, quote unquote, that I was doing it wrong. Like, should I have had a baby so young? I haven't figured myself out yet. So what I did is I used what I had. I used my home. I used my passion for travel and flavor, and I just started cooking and finding both passion and purpose in the kitchen. And, you know, taking the items that I'd collected on our travels and feathering my nest and designing my homes. And I used my home, and still to this day, I use my home as my creative expression and as my creative outlet. And, you know, that is how I Swoon was born, because I was at home 
self-educating in the, both the design space and in the culinary space. I was reading cookbooks like novels. I was, you know, spending hours upon hours on first dibs and diving home the rabbit hole of discovery about, you know, design and different prolific, you know, architects and designers. And, you know, that's how when my baby was sleeping, I filled my time and it was my education and it was everything. And simultaneously, there was like this boom in food in Brooklyn. And I was going to some of my favorite restaurants that were so inspiring. And I would come home and try to recreate those recipes, my version of those recipes. And all of a sudden, I just started to feel like, okay, maybe I have something to say. Like it was never design or food. It was always the both of them at the same time. It was all under the umbrella of the home. Well, what's so interesting about you and what I think why you're so successful is because you didn't start something to be successful. You started something to communicate your creativity. Icewoon was about, correct me if I'm wrong, just about communicating and sharing and exploring, like you said. And that's a huge deal because it's honest and it's vulnerable and it's real. And I think that connective tissue is what people adore about you. Obviously, you're like backless in a beautiful strappy dress doing it. I mean, I am now, but I wasn't then, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) there was just so much newness in my world. And I was just diving into learning. I was really just asking for help. I didn't know how to do certain things. And I wanted to learn. And I was just asking the questions. And while you say, you know, I soon was about sharing everything that I was learning, it was also because I wanted to learn. So it was like this give and take. It was like, I wanted to learn from other people. And then I wanted to share I would go and reach out, however I figured it out, to like Jean-Georges and say, oh, can I come into the kitchen at ABC Kitchen and come cook with you? And like, much to my surprise, a lot of people said yes. I mean, a lot of people said no as well. But it was just like, I was taking risks because I was at this place where I was like, I'm going to give this my all because I feel really fulfilled. And I love the way this, I love the way it feels to be around the table. That was another thing. I was so alone and all of my friends were out in the world. They were out at clubs. They were out working on their career. And the only way to get my community, my friends to come to me was through cooking them a meal and gathering around my table. And all of a sudden I was like running to the flower market and making beautiful flower arrangements. I was making playlists. I was setting the vibe. I was creating a feeling to get people to come to me. And that's still to this day what I love to do. You know, I love to create experiences. So I've always asked the questions and I've always shared the answers. And to this day, it's still what I love to do. So now I want to move on to the present. What does the kitchen mean to you? Because, I mean, I only know you just as somebody who loves you and has been in your life now for a decade. The rhythm of you in a kitchen is something to be seen because it really is the birthplace of a lot for you. It really is. It's really where I'm most creative. When I can really lose myself in the ingredients and lose myself in the melding of flavors, it's like you get to have all these raw ingredients and it's like you're a sorceress. You get to play and like, I love to cook alone in my house. I love to pump up the music and I just love to riff. It is a place still to this day of creation and of passion and 
you know, a lot of times cooking has taught me how to be okay failing as well, because it doesn't always work out in the kitchen, you know, like there's, it, it has been my greatest teacher without doubt. Like, I feel like it gives you permission to fail. Yeah. Permission to fail, but also permission to play and permission to, mm-hmm. I'm a people pleaser. And like, I love to see people's reaction when I create something delicious, but it's also crushing when like you ruin a meal. You know what I mean? I just, I just feel like it's, it's offered me so much, but it's also where the overlapping passions of design and food come together for me. So it feels like that childhood bedroom a little bit. It's it's my space. It's like where I... Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, you can feel it, though. That's how you show love. Obviously, you're a really talented chef. There's no doubt about it. But there is a rhythm to the way you move through the kitchen and the way you entertain and the way you care and the way you show that love, which I think is really beautiful. And I love hearing that you still are that girl dancing on a dance floor, but it's in a kitchen, but that you, that is still part of the rhythm. The music's got to be up. You've still got to play. Totally. I love the symmetry of mm, that. I love that, Jara. Thank you. Athena, you know, as a well-established multi-hyphenate, you keep several irons in the fire, it's safe to say. That consistent tending and maintenance, the rewarding, I know can be a lot of work. So within your busiest of days, how do you find moments for you? Is it a morning walk, crafting an intricate lunch, even something as simple as making the bed? What is your ritualistic daily touchstone that grounds you in the present? What is your moment? It's not easy. I'm not going to lie. You know, like I, I'm a very emotional person and probably naturally very reactive. And I've really worked hard on that. And I've really worked hard on carving out moments for myself. But right now I'm going to be very honest. Like I'm not, I'm not carving that time out. You know, it ebbs and flows for me. And oftentimes I have a meditation practice, then I do family life and I do coffee and I do dog walks and then I usually go work out. But right now that is not in existence and I'm feeling very imbalanced, but I also know and trust that I know how to take care of myself and that I will find those moments again. You know, it's it's interesting and I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Like this morning, I'm sure it's because I'm moving and I'm sure it's because it's the end of three eras. I, sometimes I just like shut the door and cry if that's what it takes. Yeah. This year has had so much change with my dad passing away and my mom moving away. I don't know, when I feel emotional, I reach out to my son a lot. I mean, of course I like just, I ask for help, you know, and I ask, I ask to be heard and I ask Victor for a hug, but I also am like a go, go, go kind of like I'm a get it done kind of gal. So I'm not going to sit there and like wallow in Whatever is coming up for me, both, you know, creatively and work-wise and work pressures, like I, you know, I really try to only tackle one thing at a time. Stick to the task at hand, and whenever you can have a little moment, even if it's like lighting a candle and just like breathing. I've been working with this business coach who's also a Intuit, and, you know, he's been sharing with me like, your meditation practice can be when you're in the shower. Like, you don't don't feel like you need to, like, 
Om Namah Shivaya, like have your music and your sage burning. Like you could literally take a moment for yourself. Every day you have to shower. So every day when I'm showering, I really try to just not think about the laundry list of things I need to do and just try to be present and listen to the water. As you turn like the page and you turn the page on this house, like how would you describe the house you're leaving to people so they could visualize it? Well, it's an attached townhouse in a very charming neighborhood of Cobble Hill that almost feels a little bit like the West Village or maybe even like Notting Hill in London, like very neighborhoody, beautiful tree-lined streets, brownstone buildings from the late 1800s. And how I transformed the house on the interior was to really keep some of those historical, beautiful details like, you know, rich crown moldings and, you know, paneling, paneled walls and um, bring some of that back to life, but also allow it to be transformed through a modern lens. So I opened up the entire back of the home so that it's flooded with light and the kitchen really occupies the entire back of the 25 foot wide home again flooded with light where you can open up the doors and invite the outdoor in it has a grandeur to it but it also is not precious i really love to live in my homes i don't always ask people to take their shoes off i don't put coasters down i love for the marble to get mucked up and i'm okay with stains on the pale carpet and scratches on the table. It's just like, it's life. Life happened here in this home. And I want that to be felt. And when it's too precious and pristine, it is not felt. It's just looked at. I have a good question for you. What's the one thing you would want the new owners to know about the house? Ooh, it's just this like breathy, open space that the light it fuels you and it fueled me in such a beautiful way that I guess, I don't know, I look sometimes at my neighbors and they have the shutters closed up and curtains drawn. And I know people want their privacy sometimes, but I think just like, let it breathe, let the house kind of breathe and let that light be kind of felt and and felt in your heart and felt, you know, in the space. Is there a space or is there something about this particular move that you're leaving that's hard for you? There's a lot of echoes in that house. I'm pretty good at like moving through and letting things go. And I feel like this home was so good to me. Oh, it was. It was so good. I'm not even talking about career-wise. I just mean like the moments with the people I love the most, the moments around my kitchen island with my family and friends the small, quiet moments of, you know, Jeevan eating breakfast every morning at the coffee table on the sofa. Like, there has just been so many incredible life moments in this home. But then if you look at my career, like this house, when I bought this house seven years ago, I developed the recipes for my cookbook in it in the janky kitchen where the oven was 200 degrees off because it was from like, you know, 1910 or something. I developed all the recipes for my cookbook in this home. Then literally the day the renovation was over was the day my cookbook came out. And then I wrote my entire design book in this house. And, you know, I pushed myself creatively with the design of this home. You know, I, 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 
I entered a different era of my capability as a as a designer. Like it, it taught me so much. It pushed me. It challenged me. It it held me in a really beautiful way. And I can't even tell you how many times, especially like in the middle of the night when I like walk down to get a glass of water or something. I walk down these stairs and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I live here. Like, I can't believe this is my home. Like I have so much gratitude for everything this house has given me. Yeah. You can feel it, love bug. You can feel it in the walls. You can feel it in the stories. You can feel it in the memories. And that's what you do. And that's what you give people. You know, that's what you give people. And I've said it to you from day one, but you know, you provide an opportunity for people to participate. Mm. And that's super, super special. You know, as we move through present day, Antifina, as our kids would say, and continue to look forward to what's to come in terms of home, space, career, mindset, you know, or even maybe adding a new multi-hyphenate to your repertoire. (laughs) Um, I know you're in the precipice of all this change, which is Mm -hmm. beautiful, but what do you imagine is the most imperative for future Athena? I really need to find a little bit more stillness. I just constantly, I'm on the go. You know, I feel so fortunate to be able to travel for work and go to speaking engagements and go to design fairs and, you know, the opposite side of the world and see Paris and at the flea market. Like, I love all that stuff. I'm always going to say yes to all this stuff. But I think in order to care for myself, I need to find some stillness, some place that I can escape to. I don't know. I said to Victor the other day, like, maybe one day after I, you know, sell my business and sell iSwoon, if that happens one day, like, maybe I want to go work on a farm and just know what it's like to grow a piece of something, to sow those seeds, to harvest it, to see that growth, to have to be so present with something that has nothing to do with me or nothing to do with design. There's so many lessons there about being out in the earth, literally, because, you know, there's so many elements that come into play and you need to kind of rebound and just remain present. So I I don't know. Or maybe I want to, like, add more chaos and, like, go work in a professional kitchen. It's one thing that I've never done. Like, I've never, I don't call myself a chef. I consider myself a cook, a very good cook and a very intuitive cook. And I feel uh, great about my um, techniques and accessibility of what I can accomplish in the kitchen. But I do think that I would love to work in a kitchen, like not long term, but just like a stint to like say I did it and to feel that high. I love the idea of the quietness, the stillness. It's so funny. By the way, you're going back to where you started. You began your whole career nurturing your young boy and nurturing your family. There's rest in the purpose there. You know, the rest is you're providing and you're taking care of this farm and this land and these things. And there's mm. something so beautiful to it. I can't decide if I'd go crazy after a couple months or if I I'd know. just be like an amazing sculptor. Who knows? I mean, maybe both. <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting because you're leaving this home which was all about, as you say, light and opening itself up to providing. You provided so much through that house to people, to yourself, to readers, books, recipes, mm-hmm. you name it. What does the home you're moving into, what do you want to feel in that new space, in this new chapter of your life? 
I mean, I want to shake it up and not do anything that feels even remotely similar to this space. I want to dig deep into the depths of, I don't know, Vienna or Amsterdam and just like find something that feels like completely different than what I've done here. So I'm very excited for like to have that home be this catalyst. It's going to be a very different home because it's mine and Victor's home. Like, you know, Jivon, of course, will always have a place there, but it's it's so crazy. It's mine and Victor's home. And oh, makes me want to oh, weep. It's, I know. Oh, he's still going to be in that home, Athena. Of it's course It's just in a different is. way. Of course, it will always be his home, but we're always going to be his parents. And it's always, we're always going to be a family and it's always going to be his home. But it's a different time in my life. I'm excited for the challenge of this house. You know, we're going back to living in an apartment rather than than a house. And I just want to try something completely on for size. I want to, I love to be challenged creatively and I'm ready for it. Well, I still think you're that little girl in that amazing bedroom, <laughs> dreaming and scheming and sharing. Yes. And, and, I, and I love that. So we've come to the part of our show where we like to dig just a little deeper. With the fire quietly crackling behind us, I want to indulge in a few more questions. At the Ideas of Order, we have obviously a lot to say about the concept of comfort and growth, both in the home and in life. And for this little fireside tete-a-tete, it's just you and me and a few quickfire questions to engage top of mind. What has home taught you? Home has taught me love and expression, and community. Oof, you're really killing me today. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like it when you're moving in emotionally raw and vulnerable. It's terrible. <laughs> um, what uh, is the most surprising space you've ever loved? The most surprising space I ever loved. I was really obsessed with Luis Barragam's bedroom in Mexico City. It was so monastic and everything was an altar. It had fabric draped over every surface and even the turntable was like draped in fabric and it just made me wonder all the things I love about design, like the whys and the how you lived and how he lived in that space. When do you feel the most at home? I feel the most at home when it's early morning and I'm alone and I'd listen to the sounds of the birds chirping and the coffee grinding and smell the scent of the coffee brewing and the Palo Santo burning. And I feel at home when I'm in, engaged in a ritual, even if it's not like a conscious ritual, but it's just the monotony of what you do in home. I love that. I want to thank Athena one more time for joining me here today and for allowing us a little insight into what home means to her, even in this transitional phase. Well, as usual, it's terrible talking to you. You have no heart, you don't care about creating, you don't care about people, and you're terrible at cooking. Aside from that, you're lovely. (laughs) I love you. For me, it all begins with that first step. As you walk into your new home or your next opportunity, remember that. Just like every first step you've ever taken before, it's really an invitation to continue growing into the person that you're meant to be. Change is never easy. 
but be proud that you're someone who actually chose to embrace something new. As our first season comes to a close, I just want to say with my deepest sincerity, thank you guys for being here. When I look back and I reflect on everything we've learned, the ideas of home, the ideas of order, the ideas of love, the ideas of community, that's the really beautiful thing about conversation and why I appreciate being able to do this podcast with all of you. For more Ideas of Order, please check out ideasoforder.com or californiaclosets.com. And as always, we'll see you again soon. And this isn't goodbye, but see you later. I cannot believe you have the balls to do this while you're moving. <laughs> I mean, in, inside I'm a little chaotic, but I'm going to try to channel. I would be, that would be a bottle of tequila in hand, <laughs> not water. <laughs> Another Everything Podcast production. Visit everythingpodcast.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast.